Big Rick Podcast. The best of the biggest interviews from Big Rick in the Morning on iHeartRadio, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or anywhere podcasts are heard. See more info now at onairwithrick.com. It's the Live One Radio Podcast. I'm Rick Daniels, and thank you so much for taking a listen today. Now, we'll get to our guest here in just a few moments. Quick reminder, we have been published officially on Google Play under the podcast section, also in iTunes under their podcast section, and coming soon, we'll be on TuneIn Radio as a podcaster, and of course, you can always find us directly at Audioboom. That's audioboom.com for the Live One Radio Podcast. Uh, we had about uh, 300 listeners for the Matt Overton podcast. I want to thank everybody who took a gander at it and heard that interesting stuff. It was good to talk to him. Now, this week, I've got Candy Carpenter. Now, she's got a song called Burn the Bed that is burning up the charts very fast. It debuted at number 56 on the Hot 100 Country Airplay charts last week. And, of course, it's been getting all kinds of traction on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. So we'll get Candy on here in just a moment with the Live One Radio podcast. Now, remember, you can find us on social media right now we just have a twitter account it's at live one radio usa you can also find us at live one radio.com that's l-i-v-e-o-n-e-r-a-d-i-o.com okay so in this podcast we talked to candy carpenter and she tells us about her youth and at a very young age already a successful country artist in her own right and uh she's worked with the likes of i don't know like uh, loretta lynn also little jimmy dickens whisper and bill and uh, the Everly Brothers and Vince Gill had a great moment with her as a child that inspired her music career. We talk about that and her future plans and her current song, Burn the Bed, on the Live One Radio podcast. Live One Radio. Okay, so on the Live One Radio podcast, I have the very talented, up-and-coming Candy Carpenter. Now, if you've been watching social media, her song, Burn in the Bed, has been circulating and uh, is very, very popular. Just debuted on the country chart at number 56. Uh, was that last week, Candy? It was. Craziest moment of my whole life so far. <laughs> so congratulations on that. It's not often that some uh, folks even get on the verge of cracking the top 50, so it's starting to move up. Tell me about this song, Burn in the Bed. Uh, What's it all about and and, uh, what's the story behind the song? I never like to name names, but it's a true story. Um, It's kind of a combination of a couple stories and uh, personal life experience. And I try to do that with all my music. I try to write songs that are honest and um, open about my life and my experiences. And uh, so far, I've just been amazed to see people connecting with the lyrics and and reposting quotes from the song on Instagram and Facebook. It's been really overwhelming. And uh, the the song's actually called Burn the Bed, and um, I have wanted to do that before. (laughs) (laughs) I think I said burning the bed. Yeah, burn the bed. Now, I'm reading your biography here, and... I like this quote that you have on your website here uh, about uh, we're all messed up in our own way. You write about the bad, the ugly, and the good. Uh, Explain that to me a little bit. Well, I like to tackle everything, even if it hurts. You know, I mean, that's the great thing about country music. It gives us a platform to talk not only about joy and fun and having a great time with people we love, but also express pain and um, talk about hardship. And that's what I love about traditional country music and 
songs by Loretta and Dolly and Willie and Waylon are those those stories that are juicy and and really hit a nerve. And I like to bring some of that into my music as well. There's nothing I'm afraid to sing about. Looks like from what I can see here, you started in Nashville at a very young age and you're starting to earn those stripes. When did you get to town? Gosh, well, you know, I actually started working with my first producer in Nashville when I was 11. Um, I had on the worst outfit you can imagine when I went into his (laughs) office. I had like this fuzzy pink shirt um, and a matching pink cowboy hat and get ready matching pink cowboy boots oh my goodness and um <laughs> I actually after i auditioned for him which you know by the way i yodeled in his office which was ridiculous as well um we went to shoney's for lunch and the waiter walked up to us and went let me guess you're a country singer so proud and i was like well yes sir i am and he just rolled his eyes and walked away and i thought that man was so mean but he had a point um, <laughs> you've seen one, you've seen them all, right? Yeah, and yeah. especially probably in the pink uh, cowgirl ensemble. I also had a matching cow print uh, ensemble. What was really bad about that, though, is it had a, a matching cow print skirt as well. So it was cow print head to toe. Um, I'm, I'm ashamed of those photos. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I moved to Nashville basically on my own officially when I was 14, Um my mom and dad pulled me out of school, and I lived in a rundown hotel room in, in downtown Nashville. And from around the time I was 15, I was playing dive bars and honky-tonks until 3 o'clock in the morning every night instead of doing my math homework and um, just really earning it the hard way. Um, it was pretty scary. Like, I'd be on stage you know, at one o'clock in the morning and kids aren't allowed in bars. And if somebody called the police to tell them there was a little girl in there, you know, they'd, they'd hide me in the bathroom. Oh. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. And then uh, around the time I was 16, I started touring with Grand Ole Opry legend Jack Green and playing all over the country mm-hmm. and working shows with Porter Wagner and little Jimmy Dickens and Loretta Lynn and, and learning from them. So I've had a, an interesting kind of colorful uh, background in music, but um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. So I've got an interesting story for you. Um, earlier this year, I don't recall how I came about, came across my mind to do this, but I saw Jewel on Instagram, Ooh. and I guess Jewel had gotten a video from another person that I still to this day have not seen, and they dared her to like sing a song, so she did it. So I thought, being the smart ass that I am, I thought I would say, hey, you know what, Joel, I like uh, or Jewel, not Joel, Jewel, I'd yeah. like to, uh, I'd like to hear you yodel and and she yodeled for me and apparently a couple years back there was some deal where William Shatner had yodeled to her on Twitter or whatever but in a week's time I got Jewel and William Shatner to yodel for me on Twitter I it's just like the weirdest turn of events ever but uh, my my Twitter blew up because of that so I attribute yodeling uh, to getting more Twitter followers so could I hear you yodel a little bit on the podcast here is that something you're comfortable doing oh yeah absolutely now now bear with me um i'm just getting over a cold but i think i can pull this off that makes it even better though (laughs) (laughs) let me try this and i before i yodel i have to preface there's no yodeling and burn the bed um however i did a live stream on instagram the other day and the first thing somebody said to me was yodel nothing else kidding me (laughs) no it once people find out you can yodel you know it's it's a lifelong sentence it really is so So, i I feel for jewel can, can you do like the sound 
sound of music yodeling? I think there's yodeling in that, right? Um, I can do a little bit of Cowboy Sweetheart by Patsy Montana for you. Okay, let's, let's hear it. Let's, let's hear see it. what happens. Holy cow. Holy cow. <laughs> that is a yodel. I, You know, I, I love Jewel. Uh, she can't yodel like that. You guys might have to have well, a maybe, hoedown someday. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe we can yodel together. Yeah. Keep, yeah, yodeling is really an interesting party trick. Um, mm. I feel really bad for my parents for like the two years that I was sitting in the back of the car trying to learn to do that. Can you imagine? <laughs> it did not sound good for a long time. And there's probably a lot of echo in there too. You mentioned working with Whisper and Bill Anderson, Little Jimmy Dickens. Uh, I'm not familiar with Porter Wagner. I, it's it's not you. It's me. I promise. Uh, oh. And and of course I knew who Loretta Lynn is. Can you just tell me a little bit about what you've done with them over the years and and how that's uh, affected your musical career and how you write songs and do music? Porter Wagner is just an incredible country stylist who actually gave Miss Dolly Parton her start when she was oh. a young girl. Yeah. It, he had a TV show that I actually still watch all the time online. Um, it, it's a really cool experience to get to grow up around country legends because they have amazing stories and they were really kind to me uh, because I was working with Jack and touring with him. Um, I had the opportunity to be backstage at the Grand Ole Opry every single weekend that we weren't on the road. And I got to make friends with these people and, you know, hear them give me tips on songwriting and performing and how to show a crowd that you love them. Um, and, you know, it also inspired songs like Burn the Bed because it does have that traditional flavor and that really honest uh, thread through it that, um, you know, I honestly think was really inspired by Miss Loretta Lynn's songwriting and, of course, the beautiful Dolly Parton. Um, I'm really fortunate to uh, be represented by the same manager as Dolly. She's my hero, and I just freaking love her. Um, But, you know, standing backstage at the Opry and watching that curtain go up and feeling those goosebumps and watching the stage lights hit the entertainer that was hosting was an incredible feeling to feel that over and over again. And when I was in my early 20s, I was actually Little Jimmy Dickens' housekeeper for a year. No Um, way. I I was, (laughs) yeah. I needed some extra cash, and they uh, knew me from the time I was a little girl, so they didn't mind having me around, and um, that was fun. Yeah. I love Jimmy. He would come up uh, from downstairs, and he'd have his rhinestone suit on, and he'd be heading to the Opry, and he would say, Candy Baby, what do you think of this one? And he like sometimes would have a bright pink neon suit on. Yeah. And I would say, well, Jimmy, I think real men wear pink. <laughs> and, they do. They do. Well, one night, one night he went on the Opry and he said, the little girl who works for me says that real men wear pink. And I just grinned so big. I loved him so much. Not to get too personal about Jimmy, but was he a messy guy? Was he hard to clean up after? Oh, no. Jimmy (laughs) was so organized and so kind. Um, I'd go out to lunch with him, and one particular day, I bought him lunch secretly. Mm -hmm. I went up to the cashier and paid. He had no idea. I was pretending to go to the restroom, and... um, 
he got so mad at me. He always thought lunch. I felt guilty about it. I wanted him to know that I really enjoyed hanging out with him. And so he threw his napkin down and he said, I will not have it. I'll give them back everything I ate. <laughs> he didn't do that, luckily. But um, yeah, yeah I, I never bought him lunch again. I'll tell you that. So I'm looking at a quote here on your bio and uh, I'm chuckling right now in my mind because I, I kind of like it. But it, it says, I write my best songs when men piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> so, who pissed you off to write the single Burn the Bed? Ah, well, I'm not going to name names. Okay. Uh, but I'll tell you, you know, Jack Green taught me a long time ago to make sure that my country songs were stories of life. Yeah. And that was something he said all the time. Country music is stories of life. And that always stuck with me. And so, whenever something bad happens, I'll get in my car and start writing a song about it. And that's how I work through things. And I was in a really bad relationship. Um, kind of a string of them, actually. I had a I had a really good record going for, for bad boyfriends and such. But um, one particular breakup hit me really hard. And it was a really big one. And um, I just needed to get a few things off my chest. You know, I, it's really the best form of therapy that I've found. And um, again, just seeing people connecting with that makes me feel like we're all in this together. It's yeah. really cool to share something so personal and, and have other people write and say, hey, I went through that too. And I think Burn the Bed does that. Yeah. You know, I can relate to that. Um, I mean, I, I love your song, but another song that comes to mind, I don't know how you feel about this, but uh, that hit me really hard, got released, was uh, Little Big Town's Better Man. Um, oh, that's a great song. You know, I came out of a pretty pretty awful marriage three years ago. You know, we, we both have, you know, pointed the finger at each other. We've all done that. Well, I did that too. Mm-hmm. And that's song hit me pretty hard because I definitely could have been a better man during that experience. So it's good that, you know, folks can relate on both sides of the fence with any particular song, you know? Wow. Isn't it amazing, though, how music can do that? for us and make us examine ourselves and really heal us. It's it's an incredible gift. The biggest thing I took away from it is I'm not going to be like that anymore. You're just a sweetheart. I I can't imagine you being being anything but wonderful. You're catching hey, me I, on I, a I good day. <laughs> yeah, every, everybody plays a part in every relationship, whether it's a friendship or, gosh, sometimes even just getting along with my cat. Hell. Where are you from in the Midwest? I'm curious. I'm from Lansing, Michigan, originally. Okay. Um, I was born in Toledo, Ohio. And really, I grew up in a car. You know, I grew up just traveling the country and playing shows all over. M- Michigan's a fun place to visit. I've never been to Lansing, but I've uh, been to, let's see, Sault Ste. Marie, like the nor- Northern Peninsula, you know. I yeah. played practically every city in Michigan, and I love my home state. It's beautiful. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm a Notre Dame fan, so. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I, I, we can still be friends. We can still be friends it's all right <laughs> i see here that you you know vince gill is one of your favorite uh artists right he is and actually when i was 11 i was very uh precocious i guess would be a good word yeah and um i went to a vince gill concert with my mom and i had on some high water jeans and an orange fleece hoodie Ooh, my. and i just Oh, yeah. Man, my fashion when I was a kid was just horrendous. I've got so many pictures I wish I could burn along with the bed, honestly. Um, But I decided I wanted to get up there and sing with Vince. So um, I wrote, Can I Yodel for You on the back of a ticket stub. And I went up to the stage and 
I kept going up to the stage and waving the ticket at him until he took it, and he brought me up there. And um, I don't think that I really thought it would happen, so I was pretty shocked when I looked into the stage lights and I you know, heard the people clapping, and that's when the bug bit me. Um, I sang the song, and uh, he picked me up and put me back down on the ground, and I was never the same. So Interesting. I am forever a Vince Gill fan and yeah. very grateful to him for that experience. Uh, I've been a Vince Gill fan since I was probably 10 and I caught Vince Gill in the early 90s. So, and I think that's probably when he was at his peak as a, as a solo artist. So, is there a particular song or album of his that really stands out to you and has kind of, kind of molded you into what you are now? Oh, Go Rest High on That Mountain had a big impact on me. Yeah. And yeah, oh my gosh, um, it, it's a song I sang at my grandfather's funeral, mm-hmm. and my grandfather was one of my biggest musical influences as well. Uh, I really love that song, and Vince's performance of it is heartbreaking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I remember uh, my mom, who is probably the biggest Vince Gill fan ever that I know of, besides you, Uh <laughs> She had that CD on shuffle. So, and for, yeah. for for you young kids who don't know what that means, basically back in the day, you would put a CD in the CD player, and if you <laughs> bought the expensive one, it had shuffle. Uh, so there you go. Well, I I sound really old now, but uh, no, you don't. I like. Uh, I'm try. I can't remember the title of it, but I remember the lyrics where the cowgirls go. What the cowgirls do. What the cowgirls do. I should know that Woo! being a country music DJ, but I just couldn't remember. But yeah, I love that song. You know, I like some of his early 2000s stuff, too. I can't name a song, but I just remember hearing a lot of it. So I'm rambling. I'm would, sorry. No, <laughs> I would see Vince almost every you know month, at least, backstage at the Opry. And I really do think that listening to Vince and, and other artists there is what inspired burn the bed and a lot of the other songs that are going to be on this record they're they're going to be a lot of cool traditional influences um still going to be very modern uh and very you know 2017 but some of the songs that'll be on the album i wrote with celebrity of the everly brothers who is like an uncle to me oh yeah and yeah yeah he oh my goodness what a wonderful man and and great writer you know, they're from, uh, the Everly Brothers are from Central City, Kentucky. Program director of the station, it, it's not country anymore, but back in the day, it was like a gospel country station, WQXQ, in Central City, Kentucky. I got to run that station, and the Everly's, Everly Brothers Parkway runs through that town, and in my office when I worked there, there was pictures of the Everly Brothers you know, like standing in the back in the day, the radio studios were pretty large and they had microphones and things for sound effects and all that. And those guys used to perform there every single Sunday. So I always think that that's uh, that's pretty cool how country and radio all have the kind of the same roots, if that makes any sense. Um, it is cool. Yeah. He would have loved Phil. He wore the same blue sweatpants outfit everywhere. Really? And <laughs> he did. He he actually had like ten of them in his closet. It's not that he wore like the same set. He he had several of the exact same thing that he would cycle through. Right. And um, I loved that about him because he'd reached a point in his career where he was just very comfortable with himself. And actually, one particular Halloween, 
he was uh, supposed to go to a costume party at his uh, granddaughter's school, and he didn't want to dress up, so he took some white duct tape and he put a zero and a nine on the back of his blue sweatshirt and said he was a jock. (laughs) (laughs) He sounds like a character. Um, He was awesome. Let me ask you this. What what was it like to work with Loretta? I actually got to hang out with Loretta a couple times at her house with Jack. We'd go over there and visit. Um, Sometimes we'd take her a doll because she had a really beautiful doll collection. And uh, we'd we'd just sit there and talk, and she'd give me advice. Um, I got to perform with her a couple times. My favorite time was actually at Hurricane Mills at her ranch. Uh, She brought me out, and, um, you know, gosh, the pictures that uh, my manager at the time took didn't develop, which is such a bummer i only have this one little picture of that performance where i'm kind of half cut off but uh luckily i have a lot of pictures from the times that we were just hanging out and um she had a lot of really great advice for me about the industry and uh about songwriting and i really absorbed that and i think that's why i decided not to be afraid um to take chances and to say things that might be a little bit risky in my songs. And, and that's why I wasn't afraid to write Burn the Bed because I had that time with Loretta and she mentored me. So you've got a lot of, uh, you know, past country artist influence. Is there anybody in particular right now in country music that you really are drawn to? I am borderline obsessed with Chris Stapleton's voice. Um, (laughs) He is so good. I listen to him while I jog, and uh, I love Keith Urban as well. Um, One of my best friends is his biggest fan, and I've been to many of his concerts with her, and uh, now I'm right there with her. Yeah, yeah. Keith is great. Chris is great as well. You know, uh, out here in Idaho, we're going to have Chris Stapleton uh, Keith Urban and um, Luke Bryan uh, at the Mountain Home Country Music Festival in July. So if you well, want, well, s- I guess I'm flying to Idaho. Yeah, you should come out and, and hang out with us. That, that would be awesome. Oh, I would love that. That'd be great. Uh, what else? Who else are we gonna have? We're gonna. Ha- it's like a, a gigantic. It's like one of those mega, you know, festivals. It's like three days. So of course I mentioned Chris and Luke and Keith. We're gonna have Brett Eldridge, Lee Bryce. William Michael Morgan, Maddie and Tay, Dan and Shay. I miss them. Oh, and Billy Currington. And I think they're going to announce a couple of more artists. So you should come hang out with us. That, that'd be awesome. I would love that. Those are all artists that I'm a fan of. Before we wrap things up, is there uh, are there any plans uh, in 2017 for you to tour, shows you're going to play? Any details you'd like to let your fans know about that maybe hasn't quite got out there yet? Well, if you just uh, keep checking out candycarpenter.com, that's C-A-N-D-I, we'll be posting lots of updates there very soon. Uh, My management team and record label are in the process of putting together the plans for this year. I actually think they have a meeting today here in a little bit. All right. Uh, so, So we'll have some really exciting news to announce soon uh for now please just check burn the bed out on itunes um pick up a copy and and uh, connect with me on facebook and twitter and let me know what you think i love talking to everybody on those outlets and that's where we met how uh is burn the bed doing on itunes and spotify and some of the other services out there right now it seems to 
be doing really well. Um, we just hit over 100,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, and it's going up by 10 or 20,000 plays a day. I'm really excited about the response so far, and I couldn't have done it without the people who've been supporting me all these years. I'm so grateful. Now, uh, I normally do a ton of research. Quite frankly, today's been a cr- – you know how Friday is. Uh, here at the station, it's ratings day. So uh, I haven't had a chance. Is there a music video for Burn the Bed Out yet, or is are there plans for one? Uh, can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Uh, there's no music video yet. Okay. I have done a treatment with a director for a really cool video, but I'm just sort of waiting to see what the label wants to do next. You know, I'm just uh, hoping that the song keeps climbing the charts and that we have the chance to do that. Candy, it's been an absolute pleasure interviewing you today, and I have a feeling... Ten years from now, I'm going to be saying, hey, you know Candy Carpenter? You know, uh, I interviewed her ten years ago, and people are going to be like, no, you didn't. You don't know her. Oh, thank you, Rick. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for supporting me and Burn the Bed, and I'm so glad we got to meet. Yeah, you're such a sweetheart, and uh, maybe we'll do another podcast uh, down the road and kind of catch up with you at some point. Do it. That sounds great, and anytime you need a yodeler. You know who to call. Oh, you know, I might just have to ring you on the cell phone uh, to get you to entertain my kids when they're acting up. No, I'm just kidding. I won't do yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> no. You know, a lot of people use uh, my yodel as like a ringtone. or it's, it's really good for an alarm clock noise to wake you up in the morning because there's nothing more grating at 8 o'clock in the morning than somebody yodeling yes. loudly. Yes. Yeah. Or screaming children. <laughs> or, you know what you don't want to do? You do not want to have me yodel for your kids because then they're going to want to learn to yodel and then I will be extending the curse of the yodeling child to you and your family. You know, you make a great point. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that. that. You're welcome. (laughs) Candy? I'm going to write a parenting book on how not to teach your kids to yodel. Hey, when you write (laughs) that book, I will be the first customer to buy it, I promise. I'll send you a free copy. Okay. Don't worry. Well, Candy, it's it's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, I wish you the best in 2017. Uh, let's stay in touch on Twitter. Of course. Of course, Rick. Thank you so much. All right. Candy Carpenter, everybody, and we'll be back with more episodes of the Live One Radio podcast very soon. Thanks for listening to the Big Rick Podcast. Remember to subscribe on iHeartRadio, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or anywhere podcasts are heard.